I'm a gun lover, a veteran, and a family man. I believe in the Second Amendment and responsible gun ownership. I'm Skip, and this is Gunsmoke. Hey, y'all, we're back. I had an issue about, ooh, I want to say about it, nine months to a year ago. I was coming out of Walmart, ran into some old friends, and he produced a pistol, and he shows it to me, and he tells me that it was the pistol that was in the movie Red Heat. And uh, he said that it was a Podburin 9.2 millimeter pistol, and I, I begged to differ with the guy and said no, because I said, that's a Desert Eagle um, 44 Magnum with an extended barrel on it. And I know this because I have a friend, Mark, who happens to have one, and I know that guy. But anyway, he swore to be damned that this was it. And I finally told him, I says, that that pistol does not exist. And then, oh, Jesus, the shit hit a fan right there. And I finally, through the wonders of technology, and basically I Googled it right there in front of him. And it, yes, the pistol did exist in the movie. It was the Podberin 9.2 millimeter, which is a fictional Russian handgun, and it was constructed for the 1988 film Red Heat. Now, this pistol was an IMI Desert Eagle Mark I, fitted with a custom barrel and other completely custom elements, and it was put together to somewhat resemble an oversized handgun of Soviet design. Now, uh, director Walter Hill wanted a P-38, but bigger and meaner. Now, the P-38 on steroids, so to speak. So the movie armorer, a fellow by the name of Tim LaFrance, built three guns, and he named them the Hollywood Eagle. He used the Desert Eagle 357 Mark I pistols as a basis and had to modify the entire profile to, remember, uh, to resemble a large Walter P-38. According to France, the most difficult part of the uh, blank adaption conversion was the gas porting. But that's the story. The gun didn't exist. It's only in the movies. But if that gun were to surface, it would sell for a nice piece of change because of its uh, you know, background there, so to speak. Now, I've been doing this for over three years now. And every now and again, and I don't ever claim to know it all, but I can read, you know, and... Uh, so anyway, one came up that I, I said, where'd that come? It comes broadside you, so to speak. It was the Quackenbush rifle. Now, it was invented by an industrialist named Henry M. Quackenbush. And uh, it's clever but cheaply made boys' rifle, sold in large numbers, and it was sold between 1893 and 1920, now, along with several other models of air guns. Now, now there were 11 models of air rifles. The overall line was known for being ornamental and accurate, and uh, Quackenbush rifles are fairly desirable collector's items, and they sell for several hundred dollars depending on the exact model and the condition of it. Now, the junior safety rifle with, the other f with either fixed or wire stock or one that slid forward to use as a bicycle rifle, nearly identical with the stock later used on the USAF M4 survival rifle. Now, the bicycle rifle had a leather or canvas case uh, where it could be attached in three places on a bicycle. 
Now the stocks were removed and put down inside the, uh, on a loop spring, so to speak. Now the safety rifle was uh, able to fire BBs, short, long, and long rifle projectiles. The uh, barrel was made from nickel or blued, uh, gun blued steel. Now Quackenbush made, made gun models that were both air gun and firearm, and they could shoot 22 caliber shot or 20, uh, .21 one-half projectiles. Now, the, the last guns were ever produced were in the late 1940s. Now, now I also got into a discussion with a fellow by, that, that was talking about tunnel rats back in Vietnam era, and I'm a Vietnam vet also. But these guys had a pair of balls on them. You know, you go down into these caves with nothing but a flashlight, a 45, or a quiet special purpose revolver, and uh, a knife, and stepped into a very unknown, dangerous environment. Now, now that's interesting. Now, and he asked me about the quiet service revolver, and I said, I've done something on this, but I'll do it again. But anyway, Vietnam had a hidden history of weapons development, not known to many people. Throughout the conflict, the United States military invested heavily in a wide variety of projects that aimed to better equip conventional forces for an unconventional war. Now, this effort led to a great many, many projects being developed, but a few that proved effective enough to move forward. Now, one of the few is the subject uh, we want to talk about right now is the Quiet Special Purpose Revolver, also known as the Tunnel Weapon. Now, the Vietnam War was a brutal example of asymmetric warfare. Now, one of the biggest challenges for the American troops was the broad and effective use of tunnels by the Vietnamese and communist forces. So uh, these holes allowed many of their forces to hide themselves, their weapons, and more for, from American forces on the ground and in the air. And it created a strategic advantage for the North Vietnamese. Now, from tactical perspective, the, the use of these tunnels was, was fantastic. Now, American forces weren't ready for it, and it was simply an expensive solution to a massive problem that was America's superior military might. Now, American forces didn't have any other option but to take to the tunnels where the defenders had the advantage and the fighting became ultra close and generally brutal. Now, to become more efficient at storming these tunnels, American troops uh, needed specialized weapons and one such weapon was the quiet special purpose revolver. Now, uh, the sidearm of choice for American troops at the time was the 1911 A1 and by all accounts, the general issue 1911 served well, but wasn't great for the tunnels. The tunnels did require a handgun, but there was no doubt about it. But most of the time, the soldiers storming the tunnel crawled on their hands and knees, which made the use of a long gun impossible, and accuracy was also an issue. So get on your hands and knees in a dark tunnel, a tight tunnel, and see how accurate you can be with a handgun in a firefight. Now, it was possibly even harder for the incredible men who'd climbed into these tunnels than we can really it, we can appreciate now how bad it was for these guys. So to make matters worse, handguns are tough to shoot in well, uh, shoot well in general, and in a tunnel, any gunfire is extremely loud. In a dark tunnel, the flash is also quite bright, so these types of situations a shotgun might be best, but good luck handling a shotgun in tight quarters like that. 
Now, so, so the Pentagon set out to build a, a handgun-sized weapon that fired multiple projectiles at the time, with an additional requirement to reduce both its sound and muzzle flash. Now, these requests, special requests led to the development of the quiet special purpose revolver. Now, AAI, or Advanced Armament Industries, worked with the Army to develop the QSPR in 1969 and required ver the requirements were simple. The weapon could fire multiple projectiles at reduced sound levels and be effective out to 50 feet. The weapon needed to be a repeater, uh, be reloadable, and weigh less than 40 ounces. Well. When we say repeater, we don't necessarily mean semi-automatic. It means a weapon capable of firing more than a round before it needs to be reloaded. A revolver qualifies as a repeater, so it seems that the logical that the very big and later on very famous revolver became the basis of the quiet special purpose revolver. Now, the task would be determine a feasibility of providing a multiple projectile low noise hand. Uh, hand weapon for tunnel use. The weapon will provide improved overall effectiveness compared to the conventional handgun when used in quick response situations typical of tunnel operations. Now the tunnel weapon will fire multiple projectile rounds at uh, reduced sound level and be effective up to 50 feet. So these were all what they had to set out to do. Uh, the weapon will permit repeat firing and be reloadable and it will have no more than 40 ounces in weight. Now, with these requirements in mind, the engineers took a Smith & Wesson Model 29 revolver and went to work. Now, if you're familiar with Dirty Harry, the movie detective with a bad attitude who famously wielded a big 44 Magnum pistol, then you're already familiar with what would come uh, would become the quiet special purpose revolver. Now, the Smith & Wesson Model 29 was a modern design for the time and featured a swing-out cylinder for quick reloading and a double-action design for easy follow-up shots. The Model 29 held six rounds, so it could, so it would, so would the QSPR. Now, first they cut the barrel down to nearly nothing and eliminated its unnecessary rifling entirely. The, in fact, the pistol was purposely turned into a smooth-bore weapon. Now. The nature of the ammunition ensured that the standard automatic cartridge could not be used, but no one could get away with calling a 44 Magnum round small. So you actually credit the case length of a 44 Magnum for ensuring the length of the cylinder was enough to handle a multi-purpose projectile round. Now the new round called the 10 millimeter QSPR dramatically reduced both flash and noise. Each shell contained 10 pellets uh, contained within a sabot, and AAI hermetically sealed each round, and each case acted as its own disposable suppressor. The primary, uh, the primary ignited gunpowder, which pushed a piston, uh, which then propelled the sabot full of shot through the outer seal. Now the piston then resealed the cartridge, which contained most of the noise and reduced the sound level, and almost entirely eliminated flash. The quiet special purpose revolver ended up weighing 38 ounces, while being uh, fairly short overall length also. Now, according to numerous Army reports, a few weapons were built and sent to Vietnam for testing. Apparently one ended up with the MAC-V SOG, 
according to uh, heavily redacted uh, documents. It's tough to find much in the way of field reports, but the Army, uh, but the Army Progress reported that uh, it worked seemingly more or less just the way it was designed. Good up close, but not great for a distance. Okay, so it was good for what they were doing. Now, digging through the archives, they found a report from when a ranger team uh, or from Oregon, uh, ranger team Oregon engaged seven to ten Vietnamese fighters. A ranger armed with a QSPR engaged one enemy at 15 feet and immediately dropped him to the ground. That same ranger fired twice at another enemy at 40 feet, but the enemy escaped. Now, the report called the weapon the 44 Magnum Tunnel Weapon and outlined a number of pressing issues that still needed to be worked out, including malfunctions and misfires caused by the new ammunition. Another July 1972 report suggested that these issues were resolved by adding a helper spring and making the changes to the ammunition's design. Now, a secondary or helper spring was added uh, to the weapon's mainspring that provided the 50 uh, increase in um, firing pin energy and a 50-pound increase in firing pin energy, and eliminated mainspring de degradation in the cartridge. Now, the ammunition was redesigned with fewer parts, and the primer, primer was repositioned and exposed at the base of the round for direct contact with the firing pin, as in conventional ammunition. Now, these design improvements resulted in not a single misfire throughout the develop, development and insurance and acceptance tests associated with this program. Now, the result was so successful that this report seemingly granted the new gun its quiet special purpose revolver title along the way. Now, the results of this evaluation indicated that the weapon system was well received, uh, primarily because the low firing noise permitted the use of the weapon without giving away the user's position. Now, the report reads that in addition to its tunnel exploration role, the weapon was used in ambush situations and in search and destroy operations. Because of this weapon, uh, because of this, the weapon is now designated Quiet Special Purpose Revolver, or QSPR. Now, around, the same, around this time, the war was ending, and as such, the QSPR project got sent to the back burner. Now, when the war finally ended, so did any interest in the special purpose revolver's design for the sort of fighting no one was ever hoped to have to do again. These uh, samples exist to this day, two in the Army Museums and one in the ATF Reference Collection. Now, despite how valuable such a weapon could be to a few uh, who would need to wield it, the tunnel uh, weapons was one of the many projects that started and stopped within the confines of the Vietnam War. While the tunnel weapons might not have been successful, a lot of them they tried but didn't make the cut, several more of those uh, Vietnam efforts ultimately were. There's a list that includes the beginnings of the M203 and the Mach 19 and suppressors for special operations use. But the QSPR revolver and its what-if history still fascinates me, and I thought you'd like to hear about it. So people were asking about it, so I decided to do it. But anyway, if you got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to send me an email at gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M-Smoke, all lowercase, at yahoo.com. 
or go to our Facebook page, Gunsmoke Gunsmoke. Send us a friend request. Love to hear from you. Send pictures like they see them. So anyway, until the next time, y'all take care. <laughs>